0: podcast that was a pretty good intro huh another we're back on the mound tyler steven yeah steven risotto here we're Uh, back out there yes exactly back out here and uh that voice you just heard of course is tyler hall my partner in this journey tyler what's going on how you doing what you been up to Hey, hey
1: hey hey everybody uh you know just uh getting into some Halloween festivities with the little guy and, uh, and watching some, some baseball, you know, we got the, the world series happening, which is exciting. Uh, what, what about you? What's going on in the risotto world?
0: Yeah, not much school. Um, you know, watching the world series as well, keeping up with that. Um, it's, I guess on a side note, I, I just, uh, I just got something that I've been waiting for. Jeff Perlman wrote a book and I don't know if you could see it cause my blur, but oh, okay. I'll turn the blur yeah, off bo jackson i've been waiting for this book for a very long time and it's called the uh, the last folk hero the life and myth of bo jackson um and yeah you know
1: like he's gotta be let me know how the book is he's gotta be at the top of most people's lists i'm like if a guy could have stayed healthy what could he have been because i know bo's a little before your time he was even pretty early in my i mean in my life but he was, he was just amazing. If you haven't, if you haven't watched it, you know, know, go, go watch some Bo Jackson highlights. of when he was like healthy Bo Jackson, it was ridiculous. He could do everything on the football field and the baseball field. It was, it was phenomenal.
0: Yeah. And some of the stories that I've like heard of Jeff Perlman going on the Today Show and promoting the book, I've heard, you know, running up walls and high school myths that could be, you know, true or not that people are amazed by. And, you know, great throws yeah. and big home runs and uh, a lot of stuff that he did on the I mean, football there's one field.
1: Play, Yeah, there's one play that always sticks out to me with Bo. There, it was in the the Kingdom in Seattle. Uh, Harold Reynolds was trying to score from first, and Jackson threw a seed to the plate from the wall in left field. I think it got to the plate on the fly, and he got Reynolds out. And Reynolds pitched, I think he threw his helmet, <laughs> uh, but he got him. I mean, yeah. So let me know how the book is, man.
0: I will. I will. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I was happy that I came in the mail, but, um, no world series underway underway. And, uh, I know last time we talked, we, uh, we did talk a lot about, uh, the, um, the Houston Astros. They were kind of in progress. The game was in progress actually when we recorded and we knew the Phillies were going in. Uh, and now uh, the matchup is the, uh, the Astros and the Phillies. And, um, you know, it's, do you, it's, it's, do,
1: do you have a dog in the race? Are you pulling for one team over the other?
0: Not really. I mean, I, I like, I, I'm a big Bryce Harper fan. Uh, I think I mentioned that on the last one. So I I'm, I'm rooting for him and I'm rooting for Dusty Baker. Um, there's been some interesting dusty calls this, this world series so far, the series is tied at one, of course, uh, after two games. Yeah. So, uh, but what if, have, what, if, what have you kind of noticed from, uh, from this postseason, or I guess this world series, I You're, should say,
1: you know, well, I mean the first thing mentioning dusty, I feel bad that he's been a part of the last, on the losing side of the last two teams to blow a five run lead in the world series game, you know, at least, at least for this go around for Dusty, it was game one. So the team still has a chance to recover, but 2002 game six was kind of a, a, a showstopper for the giants, unfortunately. So, you know, I don't really, I'll be happy with a, a competitive series. So I'm happy. That's a one, one series. I'm glad no team's up to nothing. Uh, so, you know, hopefully we have a, a long series ahead of us, Um and you know the the first game, I think it just showed you know the the Astros jumped out to that lead, and a lot of people I think have the Astros winning this series no matter who they're pulling for. And so it's kind of like okay, here we go, the Astros are going to run them out. And you know the Phillies, the the fighting Phils, you know they they bounced back and, and forced it to extras, and uh, Real Muto hit hit a home run. Uh, I think that was the first, was it? I forget the exact stat, but basically the first catcher to hit a go ahead home run that late in a World Series game since Carlton Fisk. That's with right. the famous you know steering it fair um so you know I, I i'm stoked that it's 1-1 um last night's game if you want i you know it's kind of not boring but you know the, the astros jumped out to the five nothing lead again dusty was probably a little nervous uh, but you know they held them off and it was never super competitive uh to, in my eyes after that but um yeah what are your thoughts on the series so far man
0: Yeah, no, I've enjoyed it. Game one was outstanding. I really enjoyed game one. Um, It was, it was a, it was a, an interesting game. I saw like it, the five run lead thing, the Astros jump on top and Verlander coughs up the five run lead. And there's all this talk going in about Justin Verlander, how he's a bad world series pitcher and like the stats back it up. Like, I mean, it's, you look at Kershaw's postseason and Verlander's postseason Kershaw's better. And there's all this talk about how Kershaw is not great under pressure and under the lights, but Verlander's been kind of the Almost same way. Like if,
1: yeah, well, Verlander's been good in like the DS and the and the championship mm-hmm. series, and then he just can't pull it together in the World Series. I think he has the highest World Series ERA for any pitcher with I think it's at least 30 innings pitched. Um, fun little nugget if uh, for the Giants fans, listeners out there, uh, you know, Bumgarner obviously has the lowest ERA. Did you see the stat? Uh, I if, did, yeah. He, if Bumgarner pitched another World Series game and gave up 23 home runs to lead off the game, <laughs> and and that's all he did, he'd still have a lower career World Series ERA than Verlander. Um, Man,
0: that's wild. It, that's why And Dusty, yeah. like, going it like, I... Sh- I like I'm not gonna say I saw it happening unfold in that inning. No, but like Dusty Baker was a little too slow to the punch. I mean, in a World Series game, you can't let an inning unravel like that. Um, or or a game unravel like that and just not make a move. And like the bullpen was slow to get up, and everything about that was just so strange. And then Ryumuto hits a ball in the gap, um, and you know, it scores two runs and you know, it ties the game up and uh, so many things. Ha- Castellanos makes a sliding catch late in the game to preserve the 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 game, really. That would have won the game. A guy not always team. known
1: for his defense, really, making the big, uh, the big defensive play. Yeah, the yeah, Phillies it,
0: have played good defensively, I think, this postseason.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's funny, uh, you know, talking about Dusty being slow to the bullpen. I feel in the postseason in general nowadays, managers, I feel, are almost too quick with the hook you know, especially with their big arms. So I, I think it was anyone but Verlander. I could see, you know, maybe Dusty being a little quicker, but maybe he's like, this is our guy. He's been phenomenal all year. But, you know, in the postseason in recent years, I think Bochi kind of even started a little bit with, uh, you know, how he ran the bullpens back in the day, bringing like Bumgarner in and whatnot, not to keep harping on that. But, you know, it's just become a thing where it's like, okay, like even if it's, you know, a Kershaw, a Verlander, a Scherzer, you know, if they give up a couple of runs in the inning, the bullpen's up. And so to kind of see that essentially kind of cost the Astros game one, you know, cause Verlander ch- coughed up the lead and then it went into extras. So interesting to see, you know, maybe, a, maybe as Verlander struggles in the world series, dusty, you know, from 2002 to 2022, he maybe he's, maybe he lets the world series get to him a little bit too.
0: Yeah. And it's funny. I want to ask you about one thing. I don't know if you saw it, um, but in, in game one there's a uh a diaz was at the plate and there's a breaking ball up and in and it looked like he tried to like lean into it with his helmet and it didn't hit him or anything. And then the 2-0 pitch was like a, a breaking ball and and he stuck his he stuck his um his left elbow out in front of the plate. The ball would have been a strike. First of yeah. all it should have been called a strike. It wasn't and they they uh yeah. they say oh you know you leaned into it you were hit by the pit you were not hit by the pitch you leaned into it and i thought to myself dude you have a chance to like give your team the lead here and you're leaning into a pitch to try and get on first base and you wouldn't even be the winning run that run doesn't matter i couldn't yeah, believe
1: it he, yeah you know it uh, i guess you know if maybe he just wasn't seeing the ball well maybe he just wasn't confident in his ability to get a hit it kind of reminds me of uh of when Grisham bunted in the in the previous (laughs) series with when you know they they needed a run and they had two outs left to score and he basically gave himself up uh maybe he was just like I I, I'm not seeing this guy I need to just extend this inning and get on base however I can and I guess he thought leaning into the strike zone was the best way to do that
0: I couldn't believe it I could not believe you know, it. And then he had a horrible fun, you know? swing on uh, on three and O and he swung on a pitch like way out of the zone. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? This is a horrible at bat. But it showed me that like, he yeah. didn't want to be there. And he, the moment was like too big for him.
1: Yeah. You know, if the Astros win game one, do you think uh, using the illegal bat becomes more of a, a
0: thing? <laughs> That's right. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, that was weird. That like it was just like, oh, you need to stop using the bat. Because for those that don't know, Martín Maldonado like got a bat from Albert Pujols that was banned for everybody else, but not Albert because it was it was uh it was like banned after Pujols. In. He was, yeah, he was grandfathered in. It was banned after he's been in the league for a while. And Maldonado used the bat, and then like I feel like any other instance, not the World Series, like he's suspended or something. It. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think he would be so suspended. Like, I didn't even
1: see how did it even come to light? Did did someone on the Phillies notice it or did the umpires check the bat later? I don't even, I didn't even hear how it got discovered.
0: I don't know. All of a sudden Tom Verducci came on the broadcast and said, "Martín Maldonado is using a bat. That's actually illegal. And then all of a sudden the next day they're like, yeah, MLB told him to stop. So, I, I mean, if Verducci didn't re- report it to the world, he might still be using it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And maybe trying to channel that second half of Albert Pujols in the end the World Series. Exactly, but, uh, but
0: um, it's it's funny. But, you know, it's funny um, that that happened. <laughs> crazy. Yeah,
1: you know, I, I, like I said, though, I, I'm glad it's a one-one series. Uh, I was surprised that Wheeler struggled as much as he did, just because he was so dominant in the in the NLCS. But uh, I think the Phillies announced they're going with Thor in Game Three, so we'll, we'll see how uh how that works out.
0: I can't wait to uh, see Philly on Halloween. That that city on uh, Halloween. Oh, my God. In the oh World man. Series. Can you imagine?
1: Jeez. Yeah. Like, If it does go seven, what day does the series end if it goes seven? Because
0: it would end it would be on... Like... See, I should probably have this. Play- it would be, if it goes seven, I believe it Saturday, November, be Saturday.
1: Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, so probably our next episode, will be talking about how this unfolds.
0: Yeah, that's right. We'll have a lot of baseball to discuss, and we'll have a world champion. I hope we have
1: five more games to discuss because Game game 7 in the World Series, and I think we'll talk about some Game 7s here in a little bit, but Game 7s of the World Series, even if it's not one of your teams in it, it's just unmatched in my mind. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully we have five more games to talk
0: about next Sunday, man. 100%. And the way it's managed, everything about Game 7 is – is uh, is pretty awesome. Um, and, and there is, I guess, some other news that we wanted to get into um, yeah. in, in terms of like this offseason and, and free agency and that whole scene. Nolan Arenado is going to opt in to his contract. Like there is some discussion that he might opt out and he's going to return back to St. Louis. And I think like even if he did opt out, I think he talked about like wanting to go back to St. Louis um yeah. and I think he's opting into I believe it's a hundred and five years. Yeah, five years, one forty-four. That sounds about right. But are you shocked by this? Because I don't he, know if I am.
1: You know, I'm not necessarily shocked. I was kind of hoping he would opt out just to see if the Giants made a run at him because oh. I think he would have been an awesome fit for the Giants. Um, but I think if anyone should be pissed off right now, it's probably the Colorado Rockies, because they you know, if he would have opted out, that contract is gone. So, you know, that's what makes me think maybe Arenado, if he planned to stay with the Ash, uh, the, sorry, the Cardinals anyway, maybe the Cardinals and him talking were like, hey, like you can help our team financially if you stay on. We can extend you another year or so down the road, maybe if we want to a year or two. But I think the Rockies are on, on the hook for, I think it's 25 million next year, 5 million the next two. So 35 million of that 144 isn't even coming out of the like Cardinals, uh, you know, payroll. So, you know, if he planned to stay with with St. Louis anyway, he kind of did the team a solid, puts them in a better chance. You know, he wants to win a World Series, so it puts him, in, you know, the team in a better spot to put a team around him to make that happen. So,
0: and and how awesome would that have been if like the incentive was like, hey, you know, the team that traded you. Like you have a chance to hurt them here. You have a chance to hurt their payroll and everything. Like, I feel like that might've had a part in it, like some kind of revenge factor there. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, partially, yeah. Partially revenge and partially like, Hey, like, you know, if you're going to stay with us anyway, let's not, you know, it's not like turning down five years and 144 million is a crazy thing for him to do. I mean, he would have been the top third baseman on the market probably by a long shot right now. It's a lot of shortstops and outfielders, uh, the heavy hitters, but you know, I think it, if, he, if his plan all along is to stay with St. Louis, it was a no-brainer for him to opt in.
0: No doubt. And, and they have an unbelievable corner infield with Golgip. Both, like, I believe they're going to be 1-2 and two in MVP voting, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. They, they probably should be, to be honest. And, hey, at least, you
1: know, at least if he's, you know, those two guys are uh, notorious Giants killers. <laughs> and so keep them, from my standpoint, uh, keep them out of the West, fine. I'm, I'm okay with
0: <laughs> yeah keep goldschmidt away from lincecum <laughs> oh god
1: timmy probably still has nightmares about facing goldschmidt
0: that was like one of the feet like there's there's a few like matches where it's like okay this guy's five for seven against them but that one was like severe that one like was so crazy ownage it's not yeah. even funny i don't know exactly what it is i'm sure you're gonna you're gonna try and find that number but he was he hit like I, I have it's gotta be at least seven homers against him, I'd assume. Yeah. That's my yeah. guess.
1: Yeah, let me see if I can get it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was un it was unbelievable. like every time and it didn't matter. It was like good Linsicum in two thousand and eleven when Goldschmidt first came up. And then, you know, when Linsicum kind of faded a little bit and his hips broke down, Goldschmidt was still getting him. And it was like never ending, and, and you could tell when There's a video out there somewhere. Maybe I'll link it in the description. Uh, and it's called like Lincecum versus Paul Goldschmidt. So, I mean, yeah. Just... So
1: it looks like they only faced each other in two years, eleven and twelve. Oh no, there some in thirteen. But basically, in the first two years, in eleven and twelve, that's all I can find, and I don't want to hold up the show here. But five home runs in two <laughs> years against Timmy. He hit. 556 and 11 and 600 in 2012 off of him and you know, timmy wasn't a slouch back then he was starting to kind of go on the, the decline but he was still timmy
0: yeah so. no doubt and there's been times where like i faced because like in high school you only face teams twice so you don't get the batter versus pitcher history but mm-hmm. i would face guys in inner squad and i would know going in i've had so much trouble with this guy and you can't figure out a way to get them out and it's, yeah. it's difficult and it's like weird because they're on your team. So it's a good thing, but then for your own sake, it's not, you know, so it's, yeah. it's, it's a little strange, but ownage is ownage, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then, you know, we're still early in the hot tub. We're going to get probably, you know, starting after the world series, a couple of days, we'll get into it a little bit more, but the other big, big free agent that we talked about a little bit last week too, Aaron judge. <laughs> I mean, uh, the the big news everyone noticed or got noticed that he unfollowed the Yankees on social media, which caught a lot of attention um, for people who look into that kind of stuff. I, I think it's interesting that it happened, uh, you know, but maybe it's just you know i'm I'm officially a free agent, so I'm not associated with them at the moment. but you know, there were some reports too. Uh, a Yankees beat writer came on KMBR in the Bay Area and said that he thinks that judge has a riff with the Yankees. he wasn't too happy. A lot of players have said that, you know, they were t- kind of taken aback by the fans' treatment of the team as a whole, but especially Aaron Judge in the in the playoff, uh, you know, booing a guy that just hit 62 home runs and is entering free agency was an interesting choice. Um, I don't know what's your what's your take on all this Judge chatter.
0: Well, I did see the unfollow thing and I, you know, I was thinking a little bit before then, and that's just kind of something that people notice and, you know, it goes big. It happens a lot in other sports too. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's happened with LeBron a few times or and such, LeBron,
1: but Devo, Devo Samuel. With that's the right.
0: That's another good example. But um, I, I think the beat writer for the Yankees coming on KNBR and dropping all those names, that was the big one for me where he said, you know, there's a rift between the Yankees and judge, which we've heard before from numerous people um, considering that I think the the Yankees offered Judge at the beginning of the um, last off season, they offered him like a multi year deal, two hundred thirteen million. Um,
1: yeah, I think it was like seven years, so it'd been like thirty something a little over thirty million a year.
0: Yeah, and he turned it down. And then like they have this press conference, and Brian Cashman, the uh, GM of the Yankees, goes, "Yeah, this is what we offered him." It. It's like that is such a bold move publicly you know going public with those negotiations and like that probably yeah. was not fun then you had the arbitration thing that like because of the um, the lockout got pushed into the season and you know they're trying to lowball in there which every team does arbitration is you know i wouldn't look too much into the arbitration thing but the extension negotiations was weird um but yeah no the randy miller the beat writer comes on kmbr and says yeah judge trey turner anthony rizzo the giants are going to be all in on all three of those guys and that one really got people going it got really you know people really interested but i feel like the whole and i want to get your thoughts on this here the whole oh he's coming home the hometown kid i think that's so so overused because number one he turned down 213 million because he thought he was better than that and here he comes and he hits 62 home runs has one of the best offensive seasons in American league history breaks the record in the American league. And he's going to take a hometown discount. Like, shut up. That's not going to, you know, I feel like, well, I,
1: I don't think he's going to take a hometown discount, but I think the hometown thing is like, you know, it might playing near home. Cause I, I, I was surprised to hear he still lives in Linden in the off season. I didn't know that either. Uh, I think, you know, I think, you know, being close to home is kind of the he's coming home. I don't think he's going to take any kind of discount to come to the Giants if that's where he ends up. It's going to be for what he's worth um, or what he's perceived to be worth because that's how contracts work. But um, yeah, I don't, he's not taking a discount. But I think, you know, it might be a deciding factor in him, you know, entertaining coming to the Giants if the offer between the Yankees and the Giants are close.
0: Yeah. And, and are the Yankees going to go public with these negotiations? Cause like, if you watch the captain, the Derek Jeter documentary, Jeter was mad because the Yankees went public with negotiations. So this seems like a trend with this team. And if they go public, you know, first of all, 213 million is not what he's going to get. He added at least a hundred million dollars, I think onto that, that contract for sure overall. Yeah. Um, And I don't, I don't know. I just think that, that, He, he would be, I can't see him walking away from New York, Tyler. I just, I mean, there's so much there that he would be leaving. He'd be leaving the whole legacy thing. And, you know, the whole captain thing from what I heard, like he has a good chance of being named captain if he stays. So there's so much there to digest. I just can't see him. I think the
1: Yankees could definitely sweeten the pot by saying, you know, non-monetarily by saying, we'll make you the captain of the New York Yankees. If you sign here, if you sign back, I mean, is there in all of sports, I don't think there's a, a captain, you know, more that's more highly regarded than captain of the New York Yankees. I mean
0: Nope.
1: Look at the names that have been captain of the New York Yankees. And they don't they don't even always have one. I mean, they haven't named one since Jeter. Jeter was the first one in quite a while for them. They they only give you a captain if you are, you know, the top of the top. And they've had some awesome players that they didn't name captain. So I could see that, you know, kind of sweetening the pot for him.
0: Yeah. I mean, the whole Giants thing, I mean, judge sounds amazing, right? But then you get into the the fact that he's going to be 31 next year and there's a lot of quite, you know, as much as he's been healthy the last two years, there is some, you know, some risk there with how big he is. And when a guy like that, who's that big breaks down, there's a lot more to break down. You know, I feel so it's, it's a little different and he's going to be, if you give him a 10 year deal, he's going to be 41 and probably not able to play a whole lot of outfield. We don't know what he's going to hit like. So it's, it's definitely a risk that you have to evaluate if you're the giants.
1: Yeah. I think it'll be more, I think it'll still land in like the seven or eight year range, no matter where he ends up partially because of his age. Um, you know, I think, you know, DH in both leagues is now kind of an equalizer. Um, where now national league teams can offer the same length of a deal as an American league team. Cause they know that they can plug a guy in later. But and once you start talking about any guy in the getting into his, you know, mid to late thirties, the chance of them breaking down is you're basically paying for the first three or four years of what you're banking on production wise and anything after that is gravy. So, yeah. but like you said, he's a big dude, more to break down. So we'll see, see how it all shakes out.
0: Yeah. And of course, judge was uh a part of this postseason. And uh me and you were talking about you know, let's do something fun on episode two. We were like, we we gotta figure out some like fun exercises to do and um the off season's gonna happen and uh th- we gotta fill some time. So we figured yeah. the world series go is going on. We figured we'd share some world series, you know, memories and moments and um I mean. It's a good idea, right? It's perfect timing for this. So uh, yeah, I mean, do you remember your first World Series?
1: Yeah, I mean the the first World Series that I actually remember, I remember a little bit of '89 just because of the earthquake. I remember just being confused because there was no game when I thought there was going to be a game that night. <laughs> um, but the first World Series I fully remember it was uh, 1991, the the Twins and the uh, and the Braves, uh, and, and Kirby Puckett hitting the the home run to send it to Game Seven, and then Jack Morris having one of the best single games in world series history, probably in, in game seven. Um, uh, you know, and w- we'll see you all tomorrow night, Yeah, which, uh, kind of really quick talking about this world series again, it is weird not having Joe Buck on the world series. A little it is. There, but that was his dad in 91. Um, and, uh, you know, but I remember just, the the metro dome going nuts they still have the plexiglass walls uh above the the regular wall and that's the first one that i fully remember uh how about how about you i I know you're a a decade or two after me probably
0: yeah well i hopped on the 2010 bandwagon and i remember that world series that was probably the first world series i remember i i knew I, i think i that was when i first started really paying attention to baseball of course um and I remember everybody in the city was going nuts and there was more, there's more people that were so hungry for a championship and yeah. people that had never seen one before in San Francisco yeah. uh, and the giants and Rangers, Rangers had never won one either, but they were kind of an expansion team. And I believe the late sixties that happened. Um, and I, I just remember everybody, you know, zeroing in and how big of a deal it was in San Francisco. And, um, you know, it started off with, of course, Lincecum in game one. And the one thing I remember was that, that comebacker that, uh, uh, remember Nelson Cruz hit it. And like, there's runners at, uh, second and third, I believe. And linsicum had that brain fart where he tried to run the runner back to third. And I, I remember thinking, I, I, I didn't really know what a force out was at that point. And then later on, I, I went back and watched, I was like, what is he doing? So that was the first thing I remember about that World Series, but so many things happened. I mean, um, you know, the Uribe three-run homer, Matt Kane being scoreless that entire postseason, um, come the eight innings in, in game five, and Brian Wilson shutting everybody down. Um, yeah. it, was, it was such a crazy feeling for a lot of people that I knew that were longtime Giants fans. And to see them get a championship, I think, was was really cool.
1: I mean, really quick, we didn't plan on this, but could you uh, give us a little reenactment of uh, of uh, Edgar Renteria's home
0: run? Lee pitches, is that, is Renteria hits a high drive. Deep left center field. David Murphy going back. It is gone. Yeah, Dave Fleming. And, and everybody went nuts at that moment because that was the three, three nothing lead, right? And then I, I think the Rangers, yeah. you know, I think maybe somebody went deep. Um, but I mean, that was I want to say it
1: might have been Kinsler,
0: but either Ken, I feel like maybe, uh, or not Hamilton, but maybe also Nelson Cruz, maybe tacked on a solo shot or something, yeah. But I mean, that was it, that was one story. of my favorite
1: parts. If you watch the replay of that Renteria home run and they show uh, Rowan was on deck and he like pumps his fist in the background, you can see Rob Manfred and he does not look happy that, that Edgar Renteria just hit that home run.
0: Yeah. And if there's a mic'd up version of Rowan, have you seen the mic'd up version? He's got, I think he's wearing a no. mic. And um, I, I want to say it's in the franchise, the 2000, about the 2011 giants and they, they show like the replay and, and, Renteria uh, Rowan's on deck and he's like yes 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 and it was, it was big and then uh Andres Torres was in the hole I think and he comes up to Rowan on deck and he goes I told you he would hit one I told you or no he or he said something like he told me he would hit one he told me so um yeah. yeah I gotta find that I'll send it to you it's pretty good footage
1: yeah yeah I mean Renteria what a career and I mean he had a big uh World Series with the Marlins I think it was 97 mm-hmm. and then you know almost a decade and a half later doing it again for the giants
0: Yeah, um, barely played in 2010 too and i think a lot of people were yeah. shocked he was on that roster in the postseason and he was you know yeah. at the tail end battling through health and then he comes up big with that with that big moment so any yeah. other world, yeah, world series memories for you or did you have anything yeah else those were
1: our, our those were our first yeah uh, but you know i think it'd be fun if we maybe talk about like our top three or you know three big ones that we remember Um, you know, I think another one from early in my fandom, you know, 93, Joe Carter lived every kid's dream, a walk-off home run, (laughs) touch them all Joe, you'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. (laughs) Uh, and you know, just watch, you know, this watching him run the bases. He's like a little kid in little league. I mean, he lived when, when you're in your backyard as a kid, you're like game, you know, it wasn't, it was game six, but you know, game seven world series. Steven Rizzotto comes to the plate. He gets a drive. You know, he lived every kid's dream. And so just to watch him celebrate, you know, he's just he's not even running the bases. He's literally just like jumping and he mm-hmm. like can't contain himself. I, that was just so cool. You know, even then as a kid watching it. And then uh, you know, now even just watching it back. And I remember just being remember when he signed with the Giants, probably about five or six years later, he played for the Giants for a year. And I just remember I met him one time, and I was just like, That's that's Joe Carter. He won the World <laughs> Series. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's cool that that like one guy is known for like one thing. And Joe Carter had a great career, but that's the thing that he's known for. Yeah. And I think he like would not want it any other way. Yeah. Like I'm the guy known that won the for World one Series. Thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Heck. Yeah. Um and I guess one of the things one of my moments for uh the that I picked was the following year in 2011, the following year from when I first my first World Series I remember. The Cardinals and the Rangers, Rangers were back in it. They were literally about to win the game, and Ron Washington yeah. did not take out Nelson Cruz in right field and put. He did not put in the defensive yeah. replacement, Andy Chavez, who is known for you know making good plays. Remember, he made that great play in the LCS against the Cardinals in two thousand six, <laughs> leaping up yeah. against the wall at Shea Stadium, and they didn't put him in for whatever. So Cruz was still in the game. And I think the Cardinals were down to their final out in Game Six, and they were. And a freeze hit hit a ball to the opposite field, and uh, I was like, "This is it! This is it!" And Cruz it just went over his head. You know, I think he was playing he was playing shallow to begin with because he wanted to be there for the celebration, the World Series celebration. So I remember when they
1: were were in a there, yeah, they were in a no double defense.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, and you know it ended up being a triple, and Cruz or uh, freeze tied the game. Um and then hey, their, later, their defense
1: worked out. They didn't allow they didn't allow a double.
0: They didn't. No. No doubles defense was <laughs> ended up working out for Ron Washington, who yeah. randomly is like a really good, you know, defensive mind and usually good with defense and yeah. maybe more so infield defense. I guess I don't know what happened there, but crew should not have been in the game. And um later in the game, of course, yeah. you mentioned the the Jack Buck call, Joe Buck, who that year was battling through like major vocal cord, you know, issues. Uh, if you hear him in the all-star game in 2011, he sounded horrible. And it ended up being from like a hair plug thing where like I, something was rubbing up against it, whatever, but he sounded, he was not at his best, but he made a great call. Freeze hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. And then boom, the fireworks go off and freeze rounding the bases with his arm up and is a really cool moment for a uh, buck who is a St. Louis guy, big Cardinals guy. And of course, David freeze to send that game to, to a game seven. So that's one of my favorite moments. Nice.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Another one for me would be Oh four, the Red Sox finally winning. Cause you know, growing up, you know, everyone knew about the curse of the Bambino and at that point, the Yankees had probably won like twenty three or 24 were in a pod. They were probably at 25 or 26, you know, and everyone's like, Oh, you know, that's the Red Sox, you know, the, the, they were just never going to win. And, you know, they were able to, to to pull it out and bring one back to Boston. And even though I think I mentioned in, in episode one that, you know, I'm one of those, the, the rare people outside of the rivalry that would prefer the Yankees over the Red Sox. But <laughs> I, was, I still thought that was really cool. You know, I, I think every, fan if you're like a hardcore fan you should get to see your team win a a championship in your lifetime so I was happy for Red Sox fans uh you know I've had enough of them now but at at the time in 04 I was happy for them you know and uh it was just really cool to see you know them kind of get that monkey off their back and they had a really fun team too you know Manny Ramirez was a character out there Pedro, you know, Ortiz, they had a, they had a lot of fun guys to root for. Millar was always kind of a, an interesting dude. So, you know, it was uh it was a fun team to watch win and and happy for the the fans that they finally got to see it.
0: Yeah, Johnny Damon of course there too. Um yeah. Kurt Schilling I think was there as well. That was yeah, yeah that's right. That was a team full of stock. characters. Yeah, and the first the uh, the last team I believe to come from a 3-0 deficit in the uh, divi- in uh the the championship, championship series against
1: yeah. the Yankees
0: yeah and the Yankees were shown that video apparently the like a highlight that's horrible by the way that that might be a subject for a different show but was, that's absurd yeah. Um, and then I'll go I'll go another year later to 2012 with the 2012 Giants Um, I was in fifth grade I <laughs> think you're gonna hate me for that fifth grade and um, you know just just watching that That team, and we had heard so much about how the Tigers were off for like five days, and they had, you know, no competitive action in in almost a week. And the Giants were coming off two nail-biting series where they, you know, were facing elimination game after elimination game, and they run through and just cruise right past the Tigers. And again, Barry Zito getting game one against Verlander—that would not happen. Yeah
1: our boy Justin Verlander making an appearance again.
0: Yeah. And the three home runs to Sandoval uh, Verlander allowed two of them, but I was in three different places watching those three homers. Um, and I think the last one I went absolutely nuts. And then, um, but the one thing I remember from that world series was it, it was an underrated moment in Detroit where Vogel song was on the mound. I want to say it was game three or yeah, it was, might've been game three. It had to have been game three because Kane pitched game four. And Miguel Cabrera was up with the bases loaded. And Vogelsong got Cabrera, the Triple Crown winner and the eventual American League MVP, to pop out to shortstop with the bases loaded. And it was a huge moment in the game. And nobody ever talks Mm -hmm. about it. And and Cabrera, of course, um, that was a huge at bat. So um, that was one thing I remember too. And of course, the relay in game two uh, from uh Blanco to Scudero to Posey to get Fielder at the plate um Dan Heisonian making the call um so everything that happened yeah, yeah. in that World Series was cool the Posey homer in game four uh and then Cabrera and uh
1: um, yeah the stones on Sergio Romo to throw a fastball down the middle like you couldn't put it on a tee better for Cabrera and you know just having the the guts to throw that pitch to him and freeze him to win the World Series I mean yeah
0: and how much fun did we have this year when the Giants went to Detroit and Deval through Cabrera? Wasn't it a slider to end the game where we all said, there's the slider. Cabrera finally got
1: it. Yeah. So, yeah. 10 years later.
0: Yeah. 2012 was yeah. fun, though.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, yeah, the last one for me, I'm going to finish with the Giants, you know, for me yeah. personally, 2014, I mean that, that series went seven. We talked about game seven earlier in a world series. It was just unmatched. And, you know, that, that series, this was kind of back and forth. Uh, and I, you and I talked about it a little bit, but I, I think, you know, going from comparing like '02 2 and, uh, and 14, where the Giants lost game six in both of them to force a game seven. I think the, the Royals just ran them out of the, out of Kauffman stadium in game six. And I think that, them kind of jumping out early was a, a blessing for the giants because they're like, okay, we've got another one. You know, it wasn't a crushing loss where like they had it sucked away from them at the last minute. Um, and then, you know, kind of opposite of Dusty Baker uh, this year, you know, Bochy started with uh, Hudson. He ran into a little bit of trouble. He went to asphalt pretty quick. And then, you know, everyone in the, in the building, you know, Royals fans after game five were like, all right, we're done with Bumgarner. And uh, yep, yeah, the the doors open, and just the the silence at Kaufman Stadium when they open that door and Bumgarner comes walking out. I mean, that it was like a movie script, man. It was, and um, you know, and, and I think Michael Morse had the the go ahead RBI earlier. I think it was the fourth inning or so. Oh. Um, and you know, just the the drama at the end of it with the ball getting past the uh, Uh, I think it was Perez, him and Blanco played kickball in the, in left center field for a second. And I can't repeat what I was yelling in my apartment at the time uh, because there were a lot of four letter words. Um, But, you know, and then just luckily they got the ball in in time and they held Gordon at third. And, uh, you know, a lot of Royals fans say they should have sent him. He would have been out by a mile uh, because Crawford would have, you know, he, he, I think the big play that gets missed there is, they short hopped Crawford and he scooped it. He he fielded it clean. You know, if he doesn't come up with that clean, maybe they end up sending Gordon. Um, And then, you know, the the pop out to to Pablo right in front of the Giants dugout and him just kind of catching and just doing a little snow angel. uh, I think it was right on the world series logo to end it. And just the, the, the buster hug that Bumgarner got, like you could tell Bumgarner was just spent. He kind of just like fell into Posey's or Posey's arms
0: and you know three and five years that might have been the best buster hug one of them it's gotta be that was that was the how about this that was the most like perfect perfectly um like there was no more there was that was the firmest buster hug I should say because a lot of them were like yeah you know kind of sliding off of him a little bit right that one was just like (laughs) tight and (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying yeah
1: yeah I know what you I'm picking up what you're putting down and yeah you know and I think that just cemented Bumgarner as as a legend I mean he already I mean I think he pitched in that postseason he pitched like almost 60 innings it's just unbelievable I think he pitched 21 innings in that world series alone which is just unheard of nowadays Um, Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, so that that's those are my you know three when when I think of World Series in my lifetime, those are ones that stick out to me.
0: Yeah, I'll end it here real quick with uh, another curse that was broken: the uh, Cubs winning the 2016 World Series. This was another one that I got to like sit back. I didn't really have a rooting interest in it. uh, I thought, but then I realized that you know this is the Cubs year they have to win it and they had such a band of characters with um Rizzo and Shorber and uh uh Wilson Contreras and all those guys Lester on the mound David Ross and Dexter Fowler such a good team uh Javier Baez all the way around and Giants almost beat them in the division series maybe if Cueto uh gets a chance there again Uh, We don't know what happens, but game seven was one of the best games I've ever seen to this day. Um, And just everything that I'm played, all the strategy with Joe Madden, now getting to talk to Joe Madden a little bit about it. Um, You know, everything that kind of happened there with him and Terry Francona kind of playing checkers against each other. And then it going extra innings, there was a rain delay mixed in um, and uh, the Cubs break their, their streak 108 years. Uh, yeah. just hearing all the stats about that and how oh gas prices were this and ni- we well, you know there were no cars in 1908 so <laughs> it was uh you know and milk was this price and you know the last time this movie was on the number one charts in 1906 but you know yeah. it was, or 1908 whatever it was but yeah, it's really a-
1: fun to watch cubs fans celebrate that one too it was like a you know mob mm-hmm. scene outside of wrigley and you know the famous wrigley marquee like cubs win yeah uh, that was really cool yeah for sure
0: yeah. So that's probably one of my moments, but I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad that we got to, to talk about some world series moments. I feel like it's a perfect time to do it. And, uh, Oh, we tried to mix in some giants though. So yeah. Think... And then,
1: you know, and, and hopefully that this world series ends with, uh, you know, as a memorable one too, and this can be one that everyone will remember. We'll see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Well, yeah. Another shutdown inning. We, we cruised through this inning, man. That was like an immaculate inning. We shut it down. Jeez, man we're we're on a roll so episode yeah. two's in the books
1: yeah uh, thank you everybody for for listening you know, shoot us uh anything you want to hear us talk about any questions any upcoming topics the the hot stove will be heating up uh by next week because the series will be over so you know thank you all for listening thank you my man steven
0: yes absolutely we'll have a world series winner so
1: let's, let's do it we'll shut it down
0: next week be sure to check us out, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast, YouTube. And see you next time when a World Series winner is crowned.